This is Dan Fagella, and you're listening to AI in Industry. Last month, the month of October, we had the theme of advancing your career in the age of AI. And this month, for the entire month of November, we have a new theme, and that's building your corporate AI strategy. Many of you are aware that here at Emerge, uh, much of our work with enterprises and with the public sector is around building AI strategy. Our expertise is in sort of mapping the capability space of AI and making those possibilities accessible to enterprise leaders by essentially giving them the data on where the ROI is, on where that might overlap with their business. You can go to emerge.com, that's E-M-E-R-J.com slash services. You'll see AI business strategy in there. That's a good deal of our enterprise work. This series is going to sort of build off of that general theme by interviewing experts who have strategic AI experience, who sort of worked in AI strategy in large enterprises themselves. And our first guest is someone who I'm excited to have on the show, Ian Wilson. Ian is the former head of AI at HSBC. He's one of our research advisors in our banking work here at Emerge, and he's someone who I know, like, and trust a tremendous amount. He now runs Strategy for AI, which is a strategy consulting firm, and he has rare experience applying AI strategically in one of the largest banks in literally the world. Uh, So (laughs) Ian's expertise is tremendous here. I think he's just the person to start off with this theme, and he provides a lot of insights on essentially beginning your planning process when it comes to AI. Where do you get started? Ian's the guy to ask. So without further ado, let's roll right into this episode. This is Ian Wilson here on AI and Industry. All right, Ian, so I'm going to tee this up with what I know could be quite a lengthy response, but a a question that I think you have a better idea about an answer for than most, which is, what are the steps or phases involved in constructing an AI strategy? You've had to do this at firms that are almost ungodly large. What does this process look like? Yeah, I I think, so so the first point to to understand is, is very few enterprises have really looked at this. This is really something that I think a lot of them will start to grapple with in the coming years, but nobody's really put together a strategy that is really overly coherent or, or encompasses the entire enterprise. And I think that's the first place to start. If you're if you're in banking and uh. thinking, oh God, we're behind the curve, you're probably not. So there's a number of ways to look at this, and I'll break it down into into a few layers for how you look at strategy. So the fir- the first key point is there's there's no single AI strategy. So don't think about going into this and saying, what's the AI strategy? Yeah. It needs to be a bit more nuanced than that. And you need to look at it from the perspective of a number of different areas across the enterprise. Depending how long-term your view is, really, I would always suggest the first place to start is looking at what is the AI-driven enterprise? Because really, when you're looking at strategy for AI, the end goal for an enterprise is to become an AI-driven enterprise. And what I mean by that is if you look at an enterprise in three phases, the first phase is process-driven. That's where most enterprises have been. Then there's a move towards being data-driven, and that's where we are today. Lots of enterprises trying to be data-driven, and that's going from just looking at your operation as a bunch of processes to saying, we have all this data, can we make some use of that to actually improve the business? 
And the AI-driven enterprise is really what you need to put on top of your data to say, okay, data's fine, but we need the applications on top of that to actually start helping us. Essentially, what I say is AI automates business knowledge generation and decision-making. So that's the, the ultimate end goal. And I would suggest starting there, but it, it is a lot of people might come to that and think, well, that's actually a bit too far down the road. So let's just take that put that aside for a second and maybe take a step back and say what's a bit more relevant for today. And from that perspective, I say there's two two aspects to look at, one on the business side, the other on the technical side. And from the business side, when you look at AI, I think there's a way to look at strategy from the group level. So what is the overall strategy for our entire group? But more precisely, where it starts to get more closer to uh, putting the, the rubber to the road, as they say, is where you look at a strategy for each line of business. And what you want to do there, and why I say that, is particularly... I say this from banking, but I think it would apply to any large enterprise. You've got many different lines of businesses on many different divisions who all have very different configurations, very different goals, very different objectives. You know, within banking, obviously, we have investment banking, retail banking, wealth management, commercial banking, operations. Each of those have quite different objectives. So this is where having a single AI strategy wouldn't really make any sense. So the AI strategy for operations, for example, might be very much focused on process automation and reducing costs where the focus on wealth management might be all about customer interaction and recommending products. So quite different. So one of the key aspects when you look at a strategy for, for a business is building a strategy for AI is, is no, it's not magic fairy dust like AI itself. It's just strategy. So it should be applied in the same way strategy always has been in your enterprise. And in, in that respect, when you look at AI for the business, its key goal is supporting the business's strategy. So if you've got a particular strategy for wealth management, for example, the AI strategies should be look, just simply saying, what can AI do to support that strategy for, for my line of business? What capabilities can we bring to bear to actually support and enhance and leverage and propel that strategy forward. And I think that that's the key way to look at it. You mind if I poke into this a bit with you, Ian? Yeah. Uh, so just to kind of highlight this, so I, I see this in two ways. Number one, I think a lot of companies, if they're sharp, as you're stating here, they're not rethinking everything about strategy like, oh, no, AI is here. Let's tear up all of our previous strategic thinking. It's like, of course, you're not going to do that. At the same time, in some cases, you're talking about becoming, you know, an AI-based enterprise of some sort here, or the phrase that you were using, that, that would seem to indicate pretty significant business transformation if we're really stretching our company into the future. So on the one hand, maybe we're thinking about AI as layering on top of, as bolstering our existing strategy. On the other hand, it almost sounds like if we really take AI seriously enough, it might involve some new initiatives and some new trajectories that, that could maybe open up our present strategy to mean a lot of different things. So in one way, it's supporting it. In another way, it seems like it could be changing it. Is there a balance there? Do you like to think about that in a certain way? So I like to, and this is why I say I would always introduce this vision first, because I think that the business needs to understand where this could go. How quickly they go to that is very much down to the culture and the appetite of the business itself. And, and I think that the happy middle ground is probably you look at uh, AI, you definitely need to be looking at AI strategically today. Um, right now, particularly in many enterprises, it's complete chaos. It's, you know, everybody shooting off in their own direction uh, without any strategy. So you need to be looking at it strategically today. But 
I think the, the happy middle ground is taking those first steps to say, well, you know, if I'm in wealth management, I'll just look at a strategy today to support wealth management. And I won't look at be thinking too much about this completely transforming the business. But I think it's important that you understand that because this is where really at this point, I think the board and the C-suite should have that view and be looking very much long term. I mean, this this for me is kind of 10 year transformation where supporting a bit of line of business is today's transformation. And I, and I think that's an interesting word, transformation, because a lot of this really plays into transformation. And, and I look at transformation from a, a number of levels. You might have seen uh, many read, listeners, readers, viewers might have seen there, there's a way of talking about data being transformed from data to information to knowledge to wisdom. It's very commonly used across the enterprise. And I think it fits in very nicely with where I see the uh, the AI-driven enterprise, which is being built on digital transformation, which is marshalling all your data to what I call data transformation, which is turning that information into structured information. And then the next layer on top, the, the knowledge layer, which is taking all those facts and information and turning it into meaning, is what I call the AI transformation layer. So I think it very much builds on top of where the business is today. So very much enterprises are all over digital transformation and moving into what I call data transformation, which is building out these big data lakes and getting the data science teams up and running. But the layer on top of that is this AI transformation. And I think this is where we start building this AI-driven enterprise, which is all about automating decision-making, which is quite a big step for a lot of businesses to think about at first. So, so I think probably the happy middle ground is get up and running with some strategy for your line of business. And once you do that, then you, you will naturally start thinking, okay, well, where does this fit beyond that? I can see, I can see this ballooning into a much bigger transformational um, prospect. How does what we're doing today fit into that? I think the key point is get up and running today and then think about that moving forward. And so do you see, Ian, um, as we kind of swivel into our coming questions, just to close out on this one, do, do you see that the way that this transformation maybe should happen within the banking sector is the functional leaders who have the autonomy, the ability to develop a strategy for wealth management, to develop a strategy for customer service compliance, whatever business function they're leading. Essentially, it needs to start as individual people who become kind of aware of this concept, aware of a future vision, aware of what the applications could be. And then they all sort of wake up on their own and then at some point get along? Or in an ideal world, do we have someone at the top who's kind of right off the bat aligning all of these different efforts because as you had kind of mentioned, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of willy-nilly here. So what's the balance there? So, so, so we, we've discussed this in the past, and this is where I think you see my, my view of a, a chief AI, AI officer, as I like to call it, being the, the catalyst for that transformation. Now, obviously, they're not the person that's building the strategy, but they're the person that has this knowledge to go to those lines of business and do it in a structured way. Otherwise, it, you know, this is not something somebody from a line of business can pick up and do themselves, that they need somebody no. to guide them through that process. Yeah. And I think that there's there's two other stakeholders here that we need to we need to bring in. And I mentioned mentioned we look at strategy from two perspectives one is the business the other is the, the kind of technical data side so in addition to the line of business it also needs to have as stakeholders the CIO and the CDO because none of this can really get built out without this the CIO 
building the technical infrastructure and the CDO building out the data infrastructure. So, so there's kind of a triumvirate between the, the CIO, what I call the CIO, the CDO, the chief data officer, and the head of the line of business. And, and sitting on top of those, while well, sitting, uh, let's say, uh, that's probably politically not the right word, let's hand holding those three is a chief AI officer who's marshalling that process to uh, and has the knowledge to bring them all together and, and form that strategy. So, so I think that's that's why that position is so key because there's nobody else within the business that really has the remit to look across all of those elements. And as you had mentioned, it's going to be so hard for someone who is a head of compliance to all of a sudden understand exactly. AI strategy, all of a sudden understand all the use cases of AI, all of a sudden understand what kinds of business problems AI can or cannot be applied to. Like I know for a fact, Ian, that there are businesses where individual functional heads have just been so consumed with this stuff in the nights and weekends that they've actually gotten pretty well up to speed. A lot of these people listen to the podcast here and, and drink in as many other sources as they can, but you can't count on every functional head doing that and somehow having a confluence and alignment of vision. What you're saying here is that if there's a central hub where they can gather their ideas, where they can maybe help to refine their strategy, where they can help to kind of align their strategy with what, what the business is up to, that's better odds than counting on the waking up of a bunch of you know disjointed functional leaders. Yeah, and and, and it is, and I have certainly myself seen seen people within banking do that, um, and, and even start branching out into becoming you know functional AI heads themselves, even after just a short period of time. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's great. But as you said, it's lumpy. You know, there's not really many people going to do that. That's and, yeah, it's not going to scale. Yeah. And so, so a hub is nice, but for me, it's more than a hub. It, it has to be a, somebody with a dedicated remit, somebody that's actually structured to go out there and, and specifically make this happen um, and go to each of these heads uh, and say, you know, we're going to put in place this this strategy to support. And I think this is where it's key. To, I mean, if you're going out to, you know, somebody incredibly senior, like the head of commercial banking, even if it's regional or, or global or whatever, you can't impose on them. What you need to be able to say is, we have these capabilities available. We'd like to deploy them strategically to help support you. So we want to work with you to see what is the best way we can do that. And, and in that process, that head and that that business becomes educated themselves. So they go through this, and I think I mentioned this on the previous podcast, the, the, the education piece is so critical because at the end of the day, it's the, the business has to have this flow into their DNA so they can take it forward themselves. But in the first instance, there needs to be a central function, in my opinion, that actually in a structured way and with a structured remit and budget and team goes out and helps the business do this. Yeah, and, and I guess this takes us into, and you were actually steering there already, who are the stakeholders that are part of this process? Now, this is obviously a very different conversation if we're talking about a fintech company that's, I don't know, 200 people or 50 people, as opposed to a gigantic bank. You had mentioned that at the top, we have kind of our CIO and CDO and potentially a chief AI officer, if that role is able to develop, who could sort of lead things all the way down. I would imagine the development of an AI strategy probably involves different stakeholders at different levels, right? Once the compliance fellow starts to become a little bit educated on this topic and becomes aligned, that person is likely to catch up with the highest level subject matter experts that work underneath them and maybe the IT people that work underneath them. And then if we go to the, the strategy for the whole business, it's going to be a different crowd of people. I know this could be complicated, but should we think about stakeholders for an AI strategy at different levels of a business? Yeah, very much so. Um, and 
I think obviously that when you when you're thinking about things strategically, it's very much about the level of granularity, and this is where we talk about the AI-driven enterprise. Not only really the the, the board and the C suite really needs to get that today. But looking at things like, uh, obviously, when you start breaking these things down, if you look at your data architecture, for example, there's a whole bunch of other stakeholders that will come into place there, data architects, for example, who need to understand um, fit strategically, but what their particular piece is. And, And I think this is very much part of strategy is that all of these things, all of these activities that get become driven from that need to fit into the strategy, which means those people that are driving those activities need to understand that strategy too. The more they understand, the more they can make decisions that are going forward that help fit in with the overall strategy. So I, th- I think that's very important as we move through the organization and start breaking these components down from the very high level right down to, to the more practical level things. And really, what we're trying to go from is the AI-driven enterprise, I call a vision, not even a strategy, it's a vision. Then the strategy is helping support each business line with their strategy. But then beyond that, we start looking at how do we build frameworks to identify what are the use cases we're actually going to build out? What are we actually going to build? And then that flows into what are the technologies we're going to use through to the end goal, which is delivery. Because at the end of the day, none of this makes sense unless somebody's actually delivering something. So it's you have a very structured, you can have a very structured pathway right from a really high-level vision down to delivery teams that are actually delivering these use cases to start putting this stuff in place in terms of transformation. And, and it has to go right from one end to the other. And ideally, everybody along that pathway understands how it fits into the strategy so so you're not getting the um, you know people going off in all sorts of different directions yeah so in an ideal world the vision and strategy kind of coalesce at the top in a way that's clean and clear enough where when the functional head of you know customer service grabs hold of it and starts thinking about where to integrate ai they can be doing so in a way that's kind of in line with a broader vision and strategy supported by the stakeholders who formed that broader vision and strategy as opposed to kind of having to hash out what strategy means for customer service specifically. Let me know if I'm articulating this right or if you have some other nuance there. Today, the, the key point is is the timescale. T- today, you probably wouldn't have a strategy for something as low level as, well, actually, customer service is quite high level. But when you get into that level, imagine most enterprises probably don't even have anything going yet. Or maybe they've got a couple of little tests going yeah, in, in, yeah, in customer more. service. Yeah. They don't yet have the skill set or the momentum to look at this probably strategically. I think that today for something at that level is more the fact of, let's just get something going. Going. It doesn't actually matter too much if it fits in with the strategy or not. We just want to get something up and running so we can get some experience. Then once you do that, uh, and a lot of biz- a lot of business areas are, are in this stage now where they've done that kind of thing and they're saying, okay, we've got some experience, but you know, where are we going? We've just done this ad hoc. And I think that's where the, the strategy is so important today because businesses are ripe for it. They've gone off and done all sorts of little bits and bits and pieces. And then the C-suite says, okay, what's next? And nobody has an answer because there was no there was no what's next. There was yeah. no plan put in place. And now, you know, I think those business leaders will understand, okay, let's take a step back. Let's look at uh, how do we do this strategically. And I think, you know, the further down the organization you get, those conversations will start to happen. But I think that it might be in another couple of years. But this is why it's important for right at the top, you've got the strategy put in place and it's starting to flow through that entire business. 
So when anybody in those lower levels starts to have those conversations, they've got something to pick up on. They've got somebody to connect to. They've got some guidance. They've got some roadmap. And that can help them understand from my particular area, what's the right way to go. And would that avoid, Ian, um, kind of what, you know, we've previously referred to as kind of the toy applications of AI, which I think you were kind of saying were like the smaller disjointed, can we just try something and get some experience? It sounds like you weren't necessarily chastising that idea, but you also were kind of stating that there's no grander vision where we're not necessarily being as productive as we could. Would, would those um, yeah, little spin-off projects, yeah, they'd be reduced? It's just, it's not sustainable. The only way that makes any kind of sense, you're unlikely to get any kind of ROI from that, but the only way it makes sense is if you approach it as a learning exercise, which which is important. But having said that, nobody wants to just go out and do things ad hoc if they can help it. So I say, you know, if you've gone out and done those ad hoc things and you you had no other guidance in place, fine, you can you can gather some value from that. But obviously, it's ideal if you did have guidance because you wouldn't be going out and doing ad hoc things. You would be doing something that, for example, if somebody if you'd walked into customer service, if we use your example, and somebody came in and said, "Here we've got a we've got a hundred point checklist." to go through a frame, this is a framework that, that walks through all your use cases. You can run it through a checklist and, and from that you can see which use cases actually are useful for AI, which ones you might get some ROI from, and you can rank them. Maybe just create a top 10 list. Once you've done that, you've actually got a much higher chance of getting some ROI and some benefit there because you've done it in a methodological way. You didn't just say, you know, well, let's just pull a, pull a use case out of a hat. You've done it in a methodological yes. way. And ideally, that framework or that checklist that you've walked through has specifically been tailored to fit in with your strategy as well. So it's going to rank highly the things that fit with your strategy. That would probably, you know, very much be part of that checklist is does this particular use case fit with the business strategy? Does it fit with the IT strategy? Does it fit with the data strategy? So interesting, lots of the banking world in particular has no idea where it is right now with AI. It thinks every bank is much further ahead than they are. Uh, and it's just not the case. Yeah. It's not the case at all. It's it's still in its infancy. And if you have done very little, you're with your peers. They've all done very little. And one of the key points there is to understand, walking back to, to experience with HSBC, I see lots of companies saying, oh, we, we've got 100 use cases that, we, that we've, we've talked about, which sounds great. But, you know, with HSBC, they had... 25,000 operational processes, I believe, within operations. So 100 starts to sound like scratching the surface. I mean, it sounds like a lot if you didn't know any better. Yeah, but, but in context, yeah. In context, it, it's a, a fraction. So what you're always going to find is you very well may be the first to try and do something. But don't just go out and chase a use case that somebody else has done. You know, go through a process method methodologically to identify what are the best ones for you. And what you know, if you find something that fits with your business strategy, fits with your corporate strategy, fits with your IT and your data strategy, has a great ROI, is low risk, um, has high volume, etc., then you can you, you can actually be really comfortable that um, you've got a great way to start off as opposed to doing it ad hoc. Yeah, and, and so it, it seems to me like the, the, me the message that's kind of being called forth as you're talking here is that to become sort of a firm that really can truly leverage AI into the future, that becomes fluent with these skills, that be becomes more able to be lean and quick and transform the business and, and sort of stay active and aggressive in the market, getting there is going to be a process of 
chipping away at AI projects in alignment with a grand strategy, it sounds like you, you would almost never get there by this random chatbot experiment here, this random fraud experiment there. That's never going to get you to arrive. But if all of those small goals are aiming to learn and build capabilities to arrive at that longer term strategy, then even if none of them have a gargantuan ROI, we're still building the kind of enterprise that's going to be where maybe we want to be uh, 10 years from now. It sounds like maybe that's kind of a, a level of ROI that most businesses aren't considering. I don't know if you would reframe that statement, Ian. I would exactly agree with it. And I, I, the way I frame that is looking at it uh, like a treasure map. So obviously, you've got to have an end goal in mind. And if we look at the case of ad hoc doing use cases or, or trying to solve business problems, you're essentially, you have no goal in mind. You're just wandering off in any direction. But what you also need, and we just mentioned it earlier, is you've got to know where you are today. And you can't create a roadmap to go from where you are today to an, uh, an end goal if you don't know where you are today or if you're, you think you're in a certain place, but you're actually in a different one. Once you've taken a step back and reevaluated and understood where we are today, you've got a now a vision for where we want to get to in the future. Then you can start building this roadmap for what are the steps we need to do to get there? What do we need to put in place? I think that's a key element when we talk about strategy is what are the elements we need to put in place to take us from where we are to where we want to get to? And you've talked about stakeholders, but also implicit in what we've also been talking about are those foundational elements that help you make that sustainable transition, that sustainable transformation. And, and we've probably talked a lot about not just the IT infrastructure, but data architectures, as well as the strategy. So it's all well and good having a strategy. But if you don't have those foundational components in place, you're not able to deliver those things sustainably to that strategy. So, so there's a, a key element is understanding what's going to take us from where we are to where we want to get to. So if you think of it as an analogy of a map, are we sailing down a river? Do we need a boat? Are we going down a road? Do we need a truck? Do we need both of those things? And if you don't have those in place, then you're walking and that's not really sustainable. So, so I think that's another key element. First of all, know where you are have a vision for where you're trying to get to, and then understand what are the foundations you need in place to take from where you are to where you're trying to head to. I think that that's a good note to, to wrap on, Ian. And for those of you who are tuned in, important to note just how, in some ways, complicated this really will be to transform giant existing enterprises where there's going to be so many moving parts. But I think that hopefully this lens and this frame is useful for the audience tuned in in terms of how we can align all those moving parts to at least get ourselves one year, two years from now, closer and closer and closer to being a firm that can really leverage these key capabilities. Safe to say, most people will not be going about it with very much rigor at all, as Ian has pointed out. And if you can do that, you can separate yourself and your firm. So Ian, sincerely appreciate you being able to break down some of your insights here on AI and industry. Thanks so much. Yeah, quite welcome. Thanks again, Dan. So that's all for this episode. I should let everybody know who's tuned in. If you've enjoyed this episode with Ian, and if you want to learn more about AI and financial services and banking, go Google AI in banking podcast. And that's another Emerge podcast focused exclusively on the impact in banking. Again, we run that here at Emerge. We interview experts from all around the world. Ian has been a guest multiple times on the AI and Banking podcast. He shared not only his thoughts about some of the data and insights we found in our AI and Banking research together, 
but also some of his own experience working at HSBC and sort of advising enterprises on AI strategy. So again, go on Google, type in AI and banking, and you can listen to more of what Ian has to say on that show, and I hope you'll join us there as well. Next week, we continue our series on advancing your corporate AI strategy, and we interview Carlos Escapa, the global AI and ML practice leader for Amazon Web Services in the San Francisco Bay Area. Very few vendors work at the cutting edge in terms of servicing AI startups, servicing the enterprise as much as AWS. Carlos is very high up as the global AI and ML practice leader at Amazon, so we're grateful to be able to have him on the program. Carlos shares some tremendous insights on getting your AI strategy off the ground and some practical advice from some of his experience in the enterprise itself. So make sure to tune in for next week here on AI and Industry, and I will catch you then.